19 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, we now go into our tech conversations. And uh, this evening, uh, we're joined by the Vice Chancellor at the University of South Africa, Professor Mandla Makanya, and uh, talking to him about a partnership they've struck up uh, with uh, one of the telcos here to ensure that... Um, uh, they continue, I guess, uh, to embed blended aspects uh, to their distance learning uh, process. And the professor joins me now on the line. Prof, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, good evening, uh, Ayabonga, and uh, good evening to our listeners as well. Prof, uh, I guess, I mean, you, you are a man of letters, you're a man of words, and uh, you would probably uh, always approach these things by first sort of uh, setting up a problem statement and trying to understand, I guess, how that then uh, informed how you've approached this and the partnerships that you've arrived at. So maybe start us off there uh, with that problem statement. What problem were you trying to resolve here uh, that uh, allowed you to arrive at this particular partnership and, uh, of course, uh, some of what has been on offer here? No, thank you very much, uh, Ayabonga. Our biggest challenge, I must say, had to do with that uh, we do understand uh, the students that we have, that, I mean, we have a combination of those who have their own means, you know, to make it within the environment in which we're operating. But simultaneously, we have those who, obviously, for reasons that are known to all of us as Africans, do not have such means, and they generally survive on the basis of their presence, you know, on our facilities. So since that was no longer possible, you know, uh, when we went into lockdown, we had to find ways and means of ensuring that uh, by the time at least we get to this point where they must prepare for the exams and write exams online, that we should find a way of providing this assistance. So that's where this matter then came from. And we invited telcos, Mm. you know, to make some offers yeah. With an understanding of the student numbers, you know that okay. we have. So, Prof, I mean, just 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 briefly before we get to to the partnership mm-hmm. with the telcos, how, how yeah. much of your learning, even prior to COVID nineteen, uh, you know, was digital or sort of non uh, contact based? And and I say that in the context of a distance learning institution because you yeah. don't have much contact uh, teaching anyway. But I mean, how much of that was really remote? in the sense that uh, you use digital approaches. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, as a youngster, my mother going to collect uh, yeah. you know, study material. You have to you have to go to the post office in order to get that. You had to submit your assignments in a similar kind of way. Talk us through, I guess, how much you had digitized some of those processes that required some, I guess, you know, paper and human interaction. That's true. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, what we have done, uh, Abonga, is that we took a very firm position, you know, in terms of our own strategy 2016-2030, that we shall be transitioning, you know, to open distance and e-learning. And for that reason, uh, what we started doing, by the way, even in the lead up to the adoption of that strategy, was that we introduced some uh, online programs. So in in the case of our students, that uh, they cannot complete their uh, degrees, for instance, as things currently stand, without having done at least one of their courses fully online. But what we've done, seeing that we have to at least assist students to transition into this space, was to introduce blended learning so that um, side by side, they will be transitioning to online methods of work while at the same time we continued to ensure that uh, print works like study guides and so on and so forth will still be available to, to our students. So that is what has been happening. Uh, but it became apparent that this transition, the investments that we've been making, 
um, had to make you know to get fully online with time but we are not necessarily there as things currently stand because students still get material in print form but we've decided that for instance when it starts come to applications and registration and so on and so forth all those now are conducted online even if students make themselves physically present mm. you know in various parts of the, our campuses and so on we still direct them you know to enroll themselves on their own so there are uh, uh, teams that guide them to do that because we are initiating them in the process similarly with assignments they have to prepare and submit assignments online in instances where of course they cannot do so that they will write them you know uh, using uh, their own handwriting mm. on paper but as soon as they present them, yeah. um, we basically present them in our own systems so that uh, they can be tackled, okay. you know, online. So, Prof, but I we mean, still it, do have some, yeah. you know, that are marked, sure. you know, directly by our own staff, yes, you know, yes, and yes, uh, yes. external markers. So, so, Prof, I mean, if, if you're doing this already in some measure or form, I mean, I mean yes. why then the partnership? Well, why did you need to partner with, you know, a telco to, to now expand the program? Well, you know... Um, I must say that partnership came in very handy in this instance. You see, because as I've indicated, that much as we had understood that uh, more or less out of our student body, um, we were talking about more or less 70 to 80,000 students or so who will be using, you know, the facilities around the country, you know, for purposes of study and preparation of their work because... That's where we have the facilities that they don't necessarily need to pay for, you know. So we understood that now with them not being in a position to move around and being in those facilities, that they will then need this kind of bandwidth, the data, and so on and so forth within their own homes. And we knew that some of these students will not necessarily have access to these uh, uh, opportunities. It is partly that reason why we then sought to go the route of telcos mm. so that we can then seek this partnership to support these students. But we understood, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, that it would be virtually impossible as well to then say, oh, let's only focus on this category instead of all the other students. It was on those bases that, uh, as we we're discussing also with our own council, that would be difficult to discriminate. Let's rather offer data to all our students okay. so that it is meant, strictly speaking, for this work sure. that is in the lead up to the examination as well. Okay. So maybe another step prior to, to the data conversation is probably a device conversation. So, so you, yes. you would give people data on the assumption that they have devices uh, on which uh, to utilize this data. Let's talk about that. I mean, have you uh, been also engaged in, in trying to uh, extend uh, devices to those who would not have had devices? We've been engaged in those discussions. Uh, I must say that, for instance, we succeeded, you know, to get support from the side of um, our own Department of Higher Education and Training within the Ministry of Science um, and, and, and Technology, educa Higher Education, Science and Technology, as well as NSS, that uh, the allowance that is meant for the learning material for students, that out of that they can then purchase a laptop, for instance. So, so we've been engaged in that uh, section. Mm. But, of course, we still give students opportunities, you know, to make choices where they want that or they want to take their uh, learning materials, you know, component to go and purchase their own stuff on their own. Um, but that is already underway. Sure. 
Okay. So that is basically what we've been doing. But let me say once again, uh, that over and above that, it became apparent that uh, a number of students will still not necessarily have access to such devices. It is partly for that reason why we then said, let's find a way of venturing into the space where they can use their cell phones in order to do this work. You know, that's, that's primarily as well mm. what this uh, venture has also assisted us in doing. Okay. Prof, I want us to pause here for a second because, uh, you know, uh, when uh, the uh, UNISA Twitter handle at UNISA uh, signal that we we're going to have this conversation today. Many of your yes. students, uh, I guess, yes. walked to our timeline and commented on your timeline as well. And, and I want mm-hmm. us to maybe take a look at two groups of comments that have come through. The one relates to the UNISA portal, and I yes. guess the also the readiness of the university uh, to uh, undertake online exams. Unati saying, uh, ask him about the crashing of the UNISA portal. The online exam thing is one big mess. And then, of course, the second set of issues is around uh, service providers delivering some of the devices that we just spoke about. Many students, Nokolehi, uh, and uh, you know, uh, even uh, you know, Nkuna Mosta here, saying that uh, they've been waiting for their laptops forever, and uh, some of the service providers are yet to deliver some of those. Let's maybe engage those, and I think there are a few others uh, that have come through as well. Yeah, no, no. Thank you very much, uh, Ayabong. I, I think we need to accept that as we walk this path their challenges are obviously going to be there on our way. But we should also accept that uh, it is not necessarily a good thing for anyone to say that if they are headless, then you must uh, simply say, well, I'm throwing my hands in the air because there's nothing else that needs to be done. So much as we've accepted that, we've said to ourselves that we should move on and soldier mm-hmm. on and ensure that students actually benefit but prof, out of these but prof, prof, I want us to mm-hmm. pause there. I mean, I, mean yeah. I, I certainly think would be, it would be unfair yeah. you know, to make the call for us to soldier on when logistical challenges uh, certainly make it difficult for that going on to happen in an inclusive and a participatory way. What are some of your own views as an institution about some of the logistical challenges that have faced this process? Uh, and what assurance, if any, can you give to some of the students? Well, Abonga, let me say that we are working on the challenges. I mean, uh, uh, as things currently stand, you know, our IT team, um, that is inclusive, of course, of uh, our own academics and the team that uh, is specializing in the administration of exams, are working, you know, day and night in ensuring that uh, these glitches are addressed. So we are improving in the process. Uh, it's not just a question of just ignoring them. Mm. So what we've done, for instance, um, as uh, students might have noticed, is that uh, the big modules, seven of them, that are supposed to have been been written yesterday, that all those were moved to Saturday for the simple reason that uh, there was a view that it is necessary to address these issues. But at the same time, some of them, by the way, were caused by the fact that uh, our students are venturing into this online exam system for the first time. I mean, I can tell you that some of the students locked into the system while they were not supposed to be writing. So in a sense, what we have had is multitudes that are not supposed to have been there in the first instance. So, But we are not necessarily fighting that battle because we do know that students are still trying to venture into the new. Um, It's a question of time. So Mm. I can tell you now, that um, within the next few days, all those glitches will have actually been addressed. Sure. So some students had not had an opportunity of testing the system after having succeeded to get the data, you know. 
So and the crashes, I mean, what, what do you make of the system crashing, as, as some students are saying? That, uh, you know, the MyUNISA platform crashes, and even that doesn't give them any confidence that you'd be able, uh, with the kind of bandwidth and latency issues that one might find in other places, to be able to undertake online exams. I mean, you would accept that even uh, in South Africa, across the length and breadth of the country, there's uneven distribution of uh, ICT connectivity infrastructure, which uh, would present all manner of sort of speed and latency challenges for, for the exams. How are you thinking about overcoming some of those? Yeah, we consider that, uh, let me tell you, for instance, what we've done. Because the major thing is just to accommodate our students to the extent that we, we can. So what we've done, for instance, is to say that in instances where, for instance, the expectation is that students, after writing their papers, uh, are expected to upload their work so that it can come through our JRuta system uh, within that hour, that our team actually must be sitting there to watch the movement so that in instances where you find that some of the work has not yet come through, let them extend the time. So they simply just warn us that this is a situation and we say by all means extend the time. So that is basically what we are doing. So we are not necessarily saying cut them off. Mm. So which is the beauty really regardless of the challenges. That's why I'm saying that at the end of the day, our prerogative is to ensure that students are accommodated. Okay. regardless of the challenges. That's, right. that's really where we Prof, are. Uh, uh, Prof, I want you to hold the line there for me for a second because I have one on, on the line, one of your stakeholders. And uh, I guess if I relate it to the point I was making earlier on about uneven connectivity infrastructure, I mean, I know where she is calling us from now. That uh, should be All fine. the way in uh, Stacksbridge. It's probably not uh, one of the places where you're going to have uh, and, uh, the faster speeds. Wait, yes. wait, no, 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 Prof, Prof. Yes. Tembega Damane is on the line, uh, joining us from Stagsbrit. And I understand that uh, she is uh, 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 the uh, UNISA SRC chairperson. And uh, let's give her yeah. a brief opportunity. Tembega, good evening to you and welcome. Uh, thank you very much. Hello, Ayabong. Hello, Good evening, Professor. Finally, we meet. Good oh, evening, Tembega. Tembega, sorry, please go ahead. No, no. I was yes. just shocked that finally we meet. So. Yes, uh, I thought you would know each other by now, but please go ahead. <laughs> we know each other. <laughs> uh, I think first, uh, Ayabonga and Professor, we need to remember the initial mandate of uh, the University of South Africa. Number one, Prof, if you remember, it says that uh, it is to provide higher education opportunities to previously disadvantaged students who, in a normal circumstance, would not be able to afford highly commodified resident institutions like your VIS or TUT or what so forth. I think also uh, with this online examination, it is of paramount importance to elucidate the fact that UNISA is not ready or fully equipped to handle the magnitude of online learning, especially for 350,000 students. Number one, Prof, we're speaking about the MTN data deal that you negotiated with MTN outside of the, uh, the, the, the university's SA deal uh, that includes all mobile networks, telecom, Vodacom, and what so forth. So with this deal, the university saved 20 rand uh, to accommodate only MTN. I'm calling from Stexbrate, which is near the border of uh, Lesotho. Mm. I have claimed this data, but it doesn't work because it, uh, my, my network automatically go, picks up the signal of Lesotho. Sure. Second of that, we have a problem with this uh, data distribution because UNISA students are relying on uh, UNISA telecenters around the country in order to submit in normal circumstances. So this means if they are restricted because of lockdown, 
they are not able to go to a lab nearby or a telecenter to access a laptop or computer or data. That means the institution must give laptops, data to students, and according to the policy of the institution, students are supposed to get 15 weeks to 16 weeks time to prepare before they write exams. In these weeks, students are supposed to have had enough tutorial support. Students are supposed to be accommodated in terms of conducive tutorial Tembega, yes. all of this preparatory support that you are that you are outlining uh, that should have been in place before exams happen, are you suggesting that that hasn't happened? No, it hasn't happened because exams are supposed uh, started on the twenty fifth of May. Data we only got it on the Thursday before. Other students have not gotten it up until this time. Laptops are not even distributed. And professor, I want to call you out on saying that students made an option to choose laptops with the 5.2 uh, allowance from NSFAS. That was not the case. Previously, UNISA students had an option to say, I want my allowance as it is, or I want a laptop. That decision was cancelled uh, by council for this year. But my point is just to say that UNISA is not ready. The system, as we've been saying, keeps on crashing. It, it crashed firstly on the 8th of May, when students were supposed to submit assignment two. Prof then went to all the media houses to say that ICT has resolved this issue and now students, up until, up, up until 3,000 students are able to submit online. That is a myth. Okay, Tembega. I think the point is very well made and I, I think you're raising a lot of issues and uh, we also need to give the professor enough time to respond to some of the issues that you're raising. So thank you very much uh, for that call, Tembega uh, Damani, the SRC uh, a chairperson at the University of South Africa. And Prof, uh, quite a few things that Tembega is raising here. And maybe I want, I guess, in the interest of time, uh, to marry uh, some of the issues that she's raising on, you know, the process followed to arrive at this partnership, uh, the uh, crashing of the uh, system, and then uh, I guess also the challenge of, uh, you know, preparing preparation on the way to the exams and then there's also a question here coming from Vuvu and I think it, it, it also uh, uh, shares many of the sentiments about um, you know uh, uh, the postponement of exams and she says how can we soldier on when we get notified at 1.35 a.m. about a postponement of an 8 a.m. exam where we have prepared night and day and have also taken study leave and I think many of your students would be people who are also uh, you know, working and would have to uh, take the necessary leave and to have an exam cancelled at the last minute is probably something they wouldn't want. No, no, thank you very much, Ayabong. Uh, uh, I think that, let, let, let me tackle the questions that uh, Tim Berger has raised okay. because I think, I think she has a point. Um, but I think that at, at times, you know, some of the information does not come through correctly. For instance, the, the question of students making choices. That is in place because uh, that's basically a condition. So we have not taken a decision that says that uh, their learning materials will automatically translate into us offering laptops. Mm. That is really not true. Um, But we do have the situation that she's talking about in instances where you find that um, service providers, because, I mean, uh, we have service providers that take care of these activities, of supplying some of these uh, uh, gadgets, that some students had not received them um, which is partly the reason why, by the way, Ayabonga, I'm, I'm saying that as a university, acknowledging that uh, these realities, in fact, are things that one cannot escape. So we then opted for what is realistic, which is where then the question of a cell phone is within reach. I do understand her challenge. I mean, for instance, in text as she says, 
that instead of accessing the data, you know, that uh, we are offering, that suddenly she finds herself having to get channeled, you know, into the facilities or other um, uh, the, the channels from the Lesotho side. So those are kinds of things that uh, our hope uh, is that they are going to be addressed because telcos, as you will appreciate, mm. are working together. So in instances where mm. you will find that MGN, for instance, might not have the coverage, mm. they're going to be working with others, you know. To, but I guess, Prof, uh, to be up. fair, I mean, to be fair, some of these things are not within your power. Uh, so that we can talk true. about some of these things. I mean, but if we speaking about, for instance, infrastructure investment in ICT infrastructure in places on the margins like Oil yeah. Shell and Nostax Bridge, that's not in your powers, Unisa. Uh, what you might be able to do, of course, is to go and lobby the respective departments to say, you know, we can't have this blended type of learning that mm-hmm. this situation requires of us because of this handicap. We are certainly doing that, Ayabonga. Uh, you know, so that is why we are saying that all that we need is some patience, because I can tell you now that a student who's affected, such as Tembiaga East, for instance, mm. does not get excluded. You know? so, so that's a beauty that we have, which is part and parcel of the package. So we are not intent on excluding any one of our students. We did indicate, for instance, that should they find themselves experiencing one or the other problem, like some of those that she's identified, that she has to report that you know, to the university because she would get assistance. In some instances where you might find that uh, as they try to upload because of bandwidth problems, they might be struggling because telecenters are closed and so on, they can still send the message through to the university. Arrangements will be made. Understand that as things stand, that they are given, you know, an email address where their work will then have to be channeled. But there are so many avenues, you know, that have been established for this particular purpose. But we still want to invite our students, you know, Ayabonga, to understand that the reality is we are not going to be leaving that percentage that is currently experiencing problems. So that is why I'm talking about soldiering on. It's not soldiering on because of an intention to exclude. So we can't prejudice students in the process. That is why we say that all those issues are going to be tackled in the formal sense of the word. All students are going to be accommodated. And our intention is to support them as we move into the future. We do understand, by the way, that it took some time for this facility to be availed to our students. Because remember that um, since we've been on this lockdown, that's when we began to work on this arrangement. Mm. And of course, it kicked in last week. So which is partly the reason why we accept that it is late. But our view was that as long as they can succeed to access the facility for preparation purposes, but also for the writing of exams. So that is basically where things are. That is why it is going to be running for the next two months. Exams started on Monday, the 25th. They are going to be going on until mid-June. So in a sense, we are saying that uh, let our students have the comfort. We do know high levels of anxiety as things currently stand, but we still want to encourage them to say, this is your university, let's walk this path together. We do know also of the challenge with this COVID-19 where we've been affected as families. Our next of kin being affected and so on and so forth. Uh, you see, I mean, the, I mean, the challenges around having to move around and so on and so forth. Areas where students have been finding it easy, like for instance, our own facilities, 
that uh, are there within the reach of their own communities, mm. that they can't access them as things currently stand. But we are saying, let them use the opportunity that is there at this point in time. Professor Makanya, we'll have to leave it there and a uh, real pleasure catching up with you. We'll certainly watch very closely some of the progress coming through there as your students undertake exams. Many of them uh, still uh, expressing their frustration on Twitter and unfortunately we can't get to some of those tweets. But thank you very much, Prof, for your time. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Ayabonga. I really appreciate this as well. You know, this is what I'm always saying, that as a student students have questions, let us be there to assist them. Okay, and let's make sure, Prof, nobody gets left behind. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Ayabonga, and our listeners. Thank you so much.